0: Hello listeners, and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you the most current energy matters in an informal setting. My name is Richard Sveresen, and I'm joined today by Lawson Steele, an analyst at Berenberg Bank. A warm welcome to you, Lawson. Thank you. Today we're going to talk about carbon, uh, a market you've been covering for since, basically since the outset, since 2004. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and energy or utilities for, for 33 years you've had some some forecasts which have hit right on the button in january 2006 you predicted that the carbon would the price would go to zero uh you've also been sort of very bullish since january 2018 when carbon prices were very low at the moment carbon prices are very very volatile uh, we've seen them touching close to 30 and then fall back to to 24 as we've covered in previous podcasts. But what, in your view, have been the main drivers here this month, at least in the past since since um, the past four or five weeks?
1: Well, I think uh, yeah, the first instance, going up to €30 Euros thereabouts, uh, you had sort of the, the two silent catalysts, uh, awareness and anticipation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as uh, players became more aware of the impact of the new rules uh, on the carbon market, they began to anticipate uh, what they should be doing in their strategy going forward, which we can discuss later, if you like. Mm. Uh, and then subsequently to that, you've had sort of uh, the bears coming out of hibernation, which has been centred around Brexit or or, or recession, mm. uh, being the sort of two primaries and, and a bit on commodity prices too.
0: So we'll we'll come back to some of those drivers later. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the market's still still have a surplus of 1.4 billion allowances. Uh, there's more supply coming in in September. I mean, these are, these are quite bearish factors, are they not?
1: Uh, well, I, 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 I differ there. Um, you know, when, when the Trilog meeting was announced back in November 17, uh, mm. I thought I'd just spend a couple of hours updating my model because uh, every time that something's been announced by the EU since 2013 uh, has been a bit of a, a damp squib. And then I dug, and then I dug, and I dug, and that two hours turned into six weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, talk about sort of a, yeah, miss, miss, uh, timing things. <laughs> anyway, the, 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 the TNAC, the total number of allowance of circulation of 1.6 billion, the eureka moment was that to discover that actually that wasn't a surplus, right? Mm-hmm. What it is, uh, is that if you, you break it down into two, first of all, utilities, uh, which I cover, they hedge about 1.1 1. 1 billion Right, so they're, mm. they're selling forward, that is their working capital, if you like, that allows them to hedge
0: mm. um, is annually, uh, annually, yeah. So mm. that's
1: 1.1 billion, and that's as you say, that's just keeps on rolling over. Mm. Uh, and then you've got 500 million, which is uh, industrials. Mm. Now, industrials in the past have been of the mindset of get it and sell it, i.e., free mm. allocations, uh, let's sell it, get some cash flow, get a capital gain kind of thing. Mm. Uh, now they are having to th- rethink things, and, and not all have, have woken up to this. But you know, the free allocation is going to get cut in 2021, um, and and therefore their mentality has to shift from get it and sell it to actually hang on to it and, and buy it. Mm. Um, so so for me, the 1.6 billion is not a surplus at all. It's just the working capital of the system. It's like mm. shares outstanding or
0: mm-hmm. mm. something like that. Okay, so, so in that sense, you disagree with it, That is a surplus. How about sort of bearish factors in, in September, such as more supply coming online from auctions?
1: Uh, well, you know, going into August, you had some bulls saying, uh, well, auctions are going to be halved in August. Uh, so that's got to be positive. Mm. I, I think what I missed, in my view, was that actually demand also halves in August. Everybody goes away on holiday. Mm. And every year, yeah, the market supply, the auctions are amended accordingly. Mm. So just because we then have an increase in supply in September back to normalised levels, mm. doesn't mean that the price should tack. Mm. Likewise, it shouldn't have gone up. In August, so, mm. so I, I never really bought into.
0: into Historically, that. it's gone up in August quite a lot, hasn't it? Um, uh,
1: the 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 price of carbon yeah, has, yeah. but of course, it's been in, in its ascendancy. Mm. Um, but I think that's really because of the rule changes, rather than actually the fact that volume was low.
0: Now you've been, as you say. Bullish about carbon, Um, the price of carbon. Earlier this year, you said prices could exceed 45 euros a tonne uh, and average 30 a tonne in 2019. Do you still think that? Yeah, still Mm. hold that. I mean, Mm. the
1: average to date is about just over 25 euros. Mm. Uh, I think once we get over a couple of sort of sentimental uh, or psychological humps, uh, we could easily end up at 45 euros by, by the end of the year as you're sort of moving towards your. April 30th compliance, and, and again going back to those uh, two silent catalyst awareness and anticipation kick kicking.
0: Mm. So, what are the main drivers then for you that could put push it up to 45? I mean, that's that's not quite a doubling of where we are now, but it's certainly an increase of, of around 20.
1: Yeah, well, you know, if you if for me, if you look at the abatement price, you know, I use the one year Ford because I think that's the way companies think, mm. uh, and that's the way they they price. Some some people talk about using the spot, but I think that's I don't think that's the way the market works. Mm. Uh, if, if we are using spot, then today you know, the, the maximum abatement will be €22 Euros and we'll be fully abated today and clearly we're not. So that's mm. for mm. me is a, is a uh, misguided a bit. So for me the, the full abatement cost on the one-year fours is trading around €41 Euros mm. uh, per tonne. And In terms of
0: abatement, do you mean then the fuel switching? Or? Sorry, yeah, it's a, yeah. so
1: coal to, coal to gas switching, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. And that's the price which makes all coal more expensive, all coal more expensive than gas. And it's important to encapsulate all coal mm. because not even with that full switching mm. will you actually eliminate the deficit mm. by quite a considerable amount. So, so even once you've done that, you're still going to have pricing pressure right mm, mm. so we can come back to the penalty price and so on and discuss how that works but mm. certainly um, that's why I think the price still has a lot to go not only this year but going forward too mm-hmm.
0: so we're more likely than you. In your view, to see thirty rather than twenty euros, I mean, certainly this year. Though, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, no, no, goes without saying. Yeah. I think yeah. we
1: break through thirty. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, any indication of when, or will it happen sort of more towards the end of the year, or as we sort of gradual, an incremental, um, in it, an incremental it, it, way? It,
1: it, it's, it's why it's the the two silent catalysts, right? Mm. Um, you know, if I think last year in January when we sort of said you know carbon's going to twenty when it's down at seven, mm. uh, we were surprised. By how quickly it moved, because without any visible catalyst, mm. and you know before we knew it, we were sort of at at 20 by sort of middle of the year, and I think I think that was an element of speaking to participants and and explaining the market dynamics. I mean, I must have done I know 150 meetings in, in those first three months. Mm. I'm not saying <laughs> the, it, the market moved. moved, but, it, mm. but I, you know what I'm saying. know yeah, that that suddenly. Uh, as people begin to understand that, they obviously begin to price it in. Mm. So, to, to go back to your question, when exactly it's going to move, it's hard to say. Mm. But one thing for certain, in my view, is that by April 30th next year, we have an enormous deficit which is not being solved. Mm. Uh, and we, you know, so we may just move on to the penalty price argument. That would be um, my, that was about to be my next question <laughs> yeah yep. okay.
0: the 107 euros which you've kind of yep. uh, is a number that's often associated with your name um, yep. so I wonder whether you could explain that uh, a bit as well
1: yeah I mean you know I, I, love, I like to go back to basics right so mm. if, if you think about carbon on a purely mathematical view right forget anything else mm. and simply say look there's one permit on the table there's two of us and we know that if you don't deliver that permit to your country in April th- on the April 30th, then I need to pay a penalty of 107 euros, mm. right? So, so if there's one permit on the table, what price are you going to pay to avoid paying a 107 euro penalty? Mm. How much will you prepared to pay?
0: 107. Yeah,
1: there you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so now I tell you that actually it's, it's worse than that. Mm. Next year you have to give me that permit as well as the 107 penalty Hmm. and you know what that means is that it's always going to cost me 107 euros more than the price of carbon. Than buying the carbon price. Mm. So mm. if the price mm. goes to a thousand, I know that it's worth me buying at a thousand because otherwise it's going to cost me one hundred seven euros plus a thousand mm. or a million. So-, so you can go to infinity. Now, mm. obviously, carbon will not go to infinity, right? Because mm-hmm. two things will happen, or one or two, or both. Mm. One is at some point demand becomes elastic, mm-hmm. right? So we're not going to pay a thousand pounds to turn the lights on. Mm. Uh, and secondly, is that there'll be political intervention. Mm. But the question is, at what price?
0: That, again, was going to be my <laughs> next question. Also. So, so, I mean, you know, once we got in the territory of 25, 30 euros, there were rumblings uh, in, in, in countries which are very, very coal dependent on, on the implications of such a very high carbon price. Now, I, I think at, at, what, at what price does this become politically acceptable or politically unpalatable in, in some, some areas of, of, of Europe, especially?
1: Well, <clears throat> first of all, it's, it's, it's been unpalatable for a while, right? So, mm. you know, Poland and, and the Eastern Bloc have been against it for a while. In fact, you know, if you go back to 2013, obviously they were against it then. Mm. Uh, and one of the reasons I sort of eschewed any changes the EU had tried to implement was that in the past, every time they tried to do something, Poland said no. And mm. since they needed a 100% majority... then it didn't get done, or Poland and et al. got some kind of uh, inducement, shall we call it. Mm -mm. Then the EU worked out that actually this is just silly. Mm. Uh, So they changed the rules of approval. So now you need a qualifying majority, which is typically 75% thereabouts, Mm. which means Poland can jump up and down all they want, but Mm. actually it could still get passed with a 75% majority, Mm. point one. Second point is that When you think about what price, in the UK today, you and I are already paying €50 per tonne, Mm. right? Because we take the EU ETS and add £18. So give or take, we're paying close to €50. Now, the interesting point about that is that, A, obviously it's above where the price is today. Secondly, there is nothing in the press about that €50, Mm. What you do find in the press is, Way, well, hey, look, you know, we've had two weeks of, of uh, no uh, electricity being, being generated by coal for the first time pre-Industrial Revolution. Isn't that great? That's mm. what you see. Mm. Right? So I th- I'd say that 50 euros is perfectly acceptable in mm. the sense that I've seen nothing in the press which goes against that.
0: Mm.
1: Now, the other thing to think about is the retail consumer. Mm. Right, so the retail consumer pays electricity in Germany of about 330 euros per megawatt hour. The cost of co op of the electricity generation is 50 euros. Mm. Now, as the carbon price goes up, that increases the cost of generation. So, let's mm. say for the sake of argument, carbon goes up by Forty euros. Mm. That will be a twenty euro impact once gas is setting the price uh, on on the power price, which takes from fifty to seventy. Mm. In itself, that seems an awful lot, and the percentage of you know, seventy over fifty. What's mm. that? Twenty? Around, uh, let's call it forty percent. Mm. But on the final bill for the consumer, which is paying three hundred thirty, another twenty is kind of peanuts, right, Mm. 4%, 5%. And actually, it's even less than that because today the consumer is paying a subsidy for renewables of about €60, and that subsidy for renewables is because the power price is not high enough. Mm. So as the power price goes up, Mm. then the subsidy comes down and the net impact on the consumer bill is zero. Mm. So actually, it's it's going to be a while for the retail consumer to, to suffer an impact. Now, of course, industrials... Is a different kettle of fish, mm. and they will have, yeah, you know, they will have, a, 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 you know, as usual, lobbying
0: against it. They're exempt from the from the, certainly the renewable energy law, the EEG in Germany. So that that's you know, correct, that, yeah, mm, yeah. So. and
1: and they're paying about 160 euros on their price. Mm. So it's, it's 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 a bigger quantum for them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, the, these are guys who've had four years in the implementation of the MSR discussion to lobby, which mm. that's already happened, right?
0: The industrials were talking here, right? Yes,
1: yes yeah. yeah, yeah. So so, you know, I, I I kind of think that I don't know what this price should be, mm. but I do think that carbon is about to ask probably the most poignant question of this generation, which is what price are you and I mm. prepared to pay to save the planet?
0: Mm. Mm.
1: I know that sounds a bit sort of, you know, whatever you want to call it, but Mm. I I think that's the kind of question it's asking. Somebody has to ask that. Mm. Now, is that 30 euros? No, is it 50 euros? We're already paying out in the UK, so clearly we're prepared to pay that. Mm. Is it 100? It's not infinity, of course. course. Mm. I don't know what that number is, Mm. but it's way north of where we are. Yeah, exactly.
0: In terms of where it's going to really make that impact, which it was designed to do.
1: Well, you've got the penalty price throws it up to infinity. Mm. Politics, will say, politics will say no, and
0: demand elasticity will say no, mm. but what is that price? Mm. Mm. And you're saying, you know, €50 Euros in the UK, that's, um, that the consumer can quite happily cope with that. Whereas, and, and if I understand you correctly there Lawson, then you're saying uh, even if prices were to go up 40-50% in, in Germany on the wholesale market, that would hardly impact or wouldn't make a huge dent in the in the retail household bit. Yeah,
1: hardly, Probably, yep.
0: Yeah. Okay, but if we if we come back to the current drivers, uh, we're in London. Uh, there's quite a lot happening uh, just down the road in Westminster. Uh, it seems now. Earlier this month, it was likely there was a single to be full full steam ahead towards a no deal Brexit. Now it seems to be that seems to be uh, less likely, at least for now. What what does this mean for for carbon and the carbon market? I don't think that hard
1: Brexit is a major issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't think it's a major issue because on April the 12th, the UK issued a guideline to all UK emitters saying, to prepare for hard Brexit, all you have to do is set up a European ledger, put your permits into that European ledger, and then you can trade them and sell them to your heart's content all the way to 2030, Mm. i.e. business as usual. Now, they've had five months to do that. They've got another two months to do that, possibly longer if, mm. if uh, Brexit mm. gets delayed. <laughs> probably late, but too late by the time this comes out. Mm. But if you look at the top forty UK emitters, mm. they emit ninety percent of UK's emissions. So you've got virtually the whole of the UK in those top forty. Mm. Thirty of those are power companies and oil and gas companies. Mm. Power companies and oil and gas companies have trading platforms, mm. so if they have not done this, something's radically wrong with their trading platform. Mm. So for me, the and idea a lot of
0: them have headquarters outside of the UK anyway. Exactly, they already mm. have European mm. ledgers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so for me, it's a it's a red herring, but psychologically or sentiment wise, you know, that when the bears come out of a hibernation, then they can play with that.
0: Absolutely. But how about the UK industrials? Um,
1: well, the UK industrials, you know, if you look through that top list, you know, there are some chemical companies of uh, this top 40, you know, as I said, 30 of power, has about f- five chemicals in there, mm. um, but they're not the big players, right? mm. but but again, you know, th- they're not just domestic, as you say, they're not just domestic businesses, mm. they have European businesses, so,
0: you know, and global maybe as well.
1: Yeah, global too, and, mm. and so these companies will, will carry their permits on the European ledger,
0: mm
1: and transfer to the UK ledger on a just-in-time basis two days before the compliance on, say, the 28th of April. Mm, mm. So I don't think it's such an issue.
0: But in general, about sort of industrial carbon strategy, what what do you think um, that should be? I mean, they've been... Certainly, several years ago, they were not sort of active on a daily basis in the market. I mean, what 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 do you think the industrial should be doing in terms of uh, their carbon exposure
1: at a pan-European level? Yeah. Pan-European yeah. level. Yeah. Um, I, if I was an industrial today, I would be buying carbon permits, and the reason I do it is for one and or two reasons. Mm. If I emit carbon, then obviously. I know that, or should know, that over the next 10 years we have a deficit. Mm. And if you think about the deficit and that infinity argument, and Mm. yes, it won't go to infinity, but nevertheless it goes high, Mm. um, you should be buying carbon permits. Secondly, if you consume electricity... It's an extremely good way to hedge your electricity. You can, of course, go and ask for a three-, four-year long-term contract when typically you've had a one-, two-years, for example. Mm. Um, But you can also just go and buy carbon permits because that's the reason electricity is going to go up. Mm. So you have to do it because, A, to stay in the game Mm. if your competitors are doing it, and B, if your competitors aren't doing it, to win market share. Mm. For me, buying carbon is a very important thing for industrials to do.
0: Mm. Do you think they do it themselves or do they throw it through an through a intermediary? Uh, there are lots of ways you can do that. Mm. Yeah, mm.
1: You can buy physical, more difficult, or you can go into financial products. Yeah. There are yeah. lots of so there are different ways of doing that.
0: Yeah, and Depending on the company and what the yeah. risk portfolio Yeah, is. yeah sure. If we turn back to some sort of uh, some bearish elements here, Lawson. I mean, we hear, you know, that the, the, the macroeconomic uh, picture is looking fairly grim. There are some 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 clouds on the horizon. Trade war concerns, fears of recession in Germany. Um, could these exert more bearish pressure that could maybe hold back that that upswing in the autumn that you you mentioned previously? Again,
1: I think it's uh, it will. It will reduce the size of the deficit, mm. uh, but there is still a deficit. So, for this year, assuming there is coal gas switching and everything else in our model, uh, I, I have a 292 million ton deficit. Right, mm-hmm. on a you know that's that's almost 30 mm. uh, percent of demand. If we have a 10 percent recession, which is Pretty damn severe, and we didn't have have that in the financial crisis, I think it was about 8%, Mm. then that would be 170 million tonnes. So therefore, your deficit would come down from 292 to 122. Mm. Much better than 292, but it's still a 12% deficit. There's still going to be 122... Million permit shortage, which have to be bought in the market, Mm. to in order to offset or or prevent paying that penalty Mm. of 107. Uh, So, you know, it would move the right way, but but also, I've said 10% of an annual. Number mm. it mm. won't be of course you are already in September so mm. maybe you have a quarter of that so however you skin mm. that cat it's, you're still going to have a deficit.
0: Mm. So just to be clear about the deficit that's that's what you highlighted highlighted at the start of, of, of our discussion when you you when you mentioned the 1.1 uh, billion allowances. That, that the utilities were, were using, and plus then the industrials as well, which is sort of 1.7. Just to highlight that, because there's often uh, some confusion, deficit, surplus, but you're very clear that it's a, it's a deficit. Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: that, that, uh, just to again cement it, that mm. 1.6 billion mm. is the working capital of the system. So the that, annual yeah. demand and supply mm. is 1 billion. Mm. Okay, it's actually 1.7, but there's mm. 700 million free allowances. So I'd, I'd just say there's a, you know, the 700 million free allowances are covering 700 million of, of emissions, so let's forget about them. Mm. But you know, in the past, that 1 billion demand supply has been pretty well balanced at plus or minus 10, 20 million a year. Mm. Now, with the new legislation, the MSR coming in, the supply has dropped by 400 million tons to 600. Mm. Right, So all of a sudden you have this, this huge gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, which wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me is the deficit.
0: Thank you. Now, you mentioned fuel switching. So we've seen a lot of, of gas-fired plants coming in on the back of higher carbon, firmer, firmer coal prices. Do, do you expect this switch to gas to continue in the coming months? And, and, and how, how could that impact the carbon market? Because obviously that would be less, less, less demand for, for, for carbon allowances, for EUAs.
1: Uh, yeah but it's it's the carbon price which which will drive that switching mm. right so if carbon stays as it is today at sort of you know give it take twenty five euros mm. uh, that is not sufficient to be fully switching the coal gas uh, um, f- fleet so so my switching level is twenty three to thirty nine mm. Um, I said forty-one earlier, but mm. whatever. Yeah. So uh, you you need that thirty-nine, forty euros to fully switch all your coal to gas. Mm. Now I have a I've done a model, uh, which is ridiculously large It's sixty, <laughs> sixteen hundred rows in Excel, mm. and in turn feeds off a forty-four thousand row model, mm. uh, where we look at every single power plant, mm. uh, and we know when it's built and the efficiencies and everything else. Yeah. You know, so so I know that at thirty-nine euros. All the coal which can switch off, because it needs gas availability to, to do so, uh, will save about 104 million tonnes mm. uh, of carbon. Right, mm. and I assume that happens as carbon gets to that price. There's also a further 76 million of uh, of of renewables uh, coming in, which will allow 76 million tonnes of, of savings. So, at, at its Most we're talking about 100 what its annual run rate is going to be 180 million tons. Mm. So I've I've factored that in, Mm. uh, and still we have a deficit.
0: Do you have a view on gas prices going forward? Because we've seen I mean ten year lows. We've seen uh, you know seven euros uh, for TTF um, day ahead prices. I mean we haven't seen these for, for many 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 years.
1: No, I mean you know the the what, what is interesting actually is that uh, not only is gas coming down, but coal is coming down with it. Mm. And I suspect there's there's the these coal suppliers, predominantly Colombians into Europe, are saying, well, you know, if gas comes down, I have to bring my coal price down because I've got to keep selling that coal. Mm. And don't forget, they they don't care about the marginal cost so much mm. because they've got a big fixed cost, and they, any cash flow they can get to keep those mines operating as well from cash flow, so they have uh, the, 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 the sort of quite flexible pricing, uh, if need be. You know, where's gas going to go to? You've got, I think, you've got the bear argument. Obviously, that you have more and more uh, capacity coming on stream. Everybody knows that. I think the one which could surprise people is Russia-Ukraine gas contract renegotiation. Now, mm-hmm. if you remember. Uh, back in 2010, we had the big Ukraine-Europe-Russia bust-up, mm. uh, where they decided not to allow the gas to flow from Russia to Europe and siphoned it off effectively. Mm. Um, eventually, that contract was renegotiated, but it scared the heebie-jeebies out of Europe. And now we're heading towards that contract being uh, coming to its life's end at the end of this year. Russia would like a short extension because they want Nord Stream 2, or once Nord Stream 2 comes on stream, which is probably you know, towards the end of 2020 at this rate, then they want to switch to Nord Stream 2 and, and bypass Ukraine. Well, mm. Ukraine don't want to do a one-year contract. Mm. Uh, so there's going to be quite a bit of argy-bargy uh, as we get up to that. And and if you take that gas out of Europe, all of a sudden mm. the prices will go up fairly dramatically. So it, it's not quite as plain sailing. I'm not too worried about it Uh, you know fundamentally Mm. I I think the commodities given the way the penalty price works are a red red herring Mm. now the market focuses on them understandably because you can all have we can all have our abatement costs and everything else our switching costs but I go back to the fundamentals Mm. if you're short and you're facing a penalty of 107 as well as still having to give the permit the following year you are going to pay up for that carbon permit, no matter what the cost of coal
0: or mm. gas is. Mm. Lawson Steele, thank you very much for for joining the Montel Weekly Podcast. Um, a fascinating discussion, and, and I hope you can join us again at some point.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, if anybody wants to have a chat with me, I'm on LinkedIn, mm. uh, so feel free to get in contact.
0: Listeners, remember to keep up to date with all our stories on Montel News and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Goodbye.